Hello, my name is Gail Durr. Also here with me today are Faith Bergaker and Brenda Walker. Today we will be reading Matthew 10 verses 1 through 15 in the New Living Translation, and we're going to be sharing some of our thoughts from there. So let's begin. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter, then Philip, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James' brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector, James, son Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. Okay, so today we're going to break this into two sections. The first section is from the first four verses. This is where Jesus is calling his disciples. So as I read through that list, Faith, what observations did you notice? And was there anything about the way they were introduced that was interesting to you? Well, Gail, I'll admit that as I read through this passage uh, a couple times, I realized that I was sort of skimming through the list of disciples, thinking that I needed to get to the meat of the passage. Then the Spirit reminded me that Everything in the Bible has meaning. So I read through the list again, and I uh, read through the list in the other Gospels to sort of find a purpose uh, for this. So first mentioned was Simon, who is also called Peter and at times was referred to as the rock. Then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James' brother. The two brothers were sometimes called the sons of thunder. There was Philip, and then Bartholomew, uh, sometimes called Nathaniel, Thomas, sometimes called Doubting Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and I found that the zealots were actually a radical political party working for the violent overthrow of Roman rule in Israel. And then last was Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed Jesus. <clears throat> so it was interesting to me that nearly all of these disciples had another name. They were related to a, another 
of the disciples or had some other interesting fact mentioned about them. This reminded me about when my husband Denny and I started attending Watermark about nine months ago. We were soon invited to be a part of an MC group, wanting to be able to remember names and information about the others. After leaving the meeting the first night, uh, I quickly wrote down names and just a word of description uh, to help us remember. And so the next week we reviewed it before coming and then um, wrote down any new ones, but we, uh, we just used this as a way to get to know people. So this made me think that, well, maybe this is the purpose of this listing of the disciples in this way, so that we can more readily remember them and distinguish somewhat their personality to give us a better understanding of their different perspectives on Jesus' teachings. And this also indicates that they had different backgrounds and experiences and that they were uh, not educated men or the spiritual giants of the day, just as in Matthew 1, which gave us the ancestry of Jesus, which showed us that anyone can be used for God's purposes. These were 12 men who were obedient to the call of Jesus, which made me question, how do I respond when Jesus calls me to a task? Do I respond immediately like these 12 men, or do I wait and hope that someone else will do the job? That's really true, Faith. We quite often wait and just think, oh, well, maybe somebody else can say yes here. That's really true. But while you were sharing, it made me think of you left that meeting and you went and wrote down probably my name and maybe Brenda's name. And yep. I'm just wondering what the descriptive word was <laughs> after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> So that's making me a little uneasy. I'd like to take a look at that list again. but Maybe later. Yeah. But how good that you did that. And um, first of all, I mean, I really admire you for doing that. But I love how you brought out there that these are ordinary people. These aren't people with big degrees, but God calls all of us and just the way we are in our ordinary lives, the way we are. But then it also talked in that part about how God gives authority, and that if he wants to fulfill something through us, he will give us the authority and equip us to do that. So thanks for sharing that. That was great. Um, the next section are from verses 5 through 15, and that's actually where Jesus sends out his disciples, and he gives them instructions. So, Brenda, let's go to you this time. What were some of your thoughts about that particular uh, scripture? Well, something that stands out to me in these verses is how in verse 9 and 10, Jesus instructs his disciples not to take anything with them when they go out. They're not to take any money or extra clothes, literally nothing. This means that they're going to have to rely on others and essentially God to take care of them. But by doing this, I think it builds their faith. Every meal, every drink they have is then a reminder of God's love and care for them. They're going to face some really tough things, and they're going to need a lot of trust in God to get through it all. So I think part of why they are told to go out without anything at all is to build their faith and prepare them for what's coming. That's great. Yeah. We quite often are always looking for, oh, I need to take this. I need to know that. And God's just saying, you know, you need to have faith and trust me as you're being sent out. 
So that's great. Um, Faith, I just wanted to check with you. Is there any other thoughts you had about that particular section? Just a little bit. Um, it was kind of the same verses as Brenda talked about, um, but the, about the fact that they were not to take any belongings with them. It made me wonder if this was uh, so that they would not be weighed down or distracted by their possessions, which um, I find that so often we are. Um, they had an important calling and task. They needed to be reliant on God and readily available for their next assignment from God. Okay, great. Um, I also thought from that particular section, it reminded me how <clears throat> Jesus is calling all of us to a common mission, which is to share that he is the answer, and how he assigned them to go out first to the uh, Jews. And so that's what they did. They went out to the Jews first and then later to the Gentiles. And um, I was thinking about that, how watermarks... Um, Part of their website is called Sent on Mission, and how sometimes I remember at the end of a teaching, one of the pastors may say, and now you are missionaries and you are sent out. And so just the reminder that God sends each of us out and that we are sent on mission, which is to let people know that Jesus is the answer. And um, just from that whole teaching in that part reminded me that we need to respect the people who are the recipients of us going out. So um, that was just another thought that it had. And um, so anyway, just going forward here, I just would like to ask, Faith, did you have one particular takeaway after doing the scripture? Well, for me, um, there's probably two things uh, which I kind of touched on earlier, um, one was that about being ready and available and listening for that call from God to act on it with obedience immediately. He'll always find someone to handle the task if I don't accept it, mm -hmm. but then I don't receive the blessing either. And uh, we all have probably realized the joy of serving God, no matter how difficult the job. And then secondly, the concept of being weighed down by the possessions of this world. Hmm. It's so easy to find excuses for saying no. We have too much to do or too much to take care of. I want to try to live my life in service to God because I have come to realize that what brings true joy in mm -hmm. this life is serving Him. Okay, thank you for sharing. How about you, Brenda? Um, yeah, I had a couple takeaways um, from this passage. The first is to try to live with margins in my life. And what I mean by that is not being so busy that I don't have time to listen to God um, and possibly act on what he's calling me to do. I want to make sure that I live in such a way that I have time and energy to do what God is calling me to do. I think my other takeaway from this passage is that I want to really remember that being independent isn't a goal. It's when we are dependent and when we are really needing to rely on God, that our faith can really grow. I also think that there's something in helping each other that can really build a sense of relationship and community. And that includes not just me helping others, but allowing and even asking others to help me. Mm, that's good. Thank you both, Faith and Brenda, for sharing today. I'm always enjoying going through God's Word together with you guys. So what might God be talking to you about today after hearing this devotional and the scripture. 
Maybe God is calling you to a certain task, and it's been difficult for you to step out in obedience. Or maybe he's asking you to put more margin in your life and to wake up in the day and say, God, what would you have me do today in obedience? And so um, whatever it is for you today, um, we just pray that this has been helpful for you as you listen to God. So let's pray. Dear Lord God, we just come before you, and we are so thankful, God, that you use ordinary people like us. We're thankful that you actually call us to do your ministry and to do tasks for you. So I just pray that our hearts would be wide open. I pray we would have enough enough margin, and I pray, Lord, that we would um, be obedient to what it is that you are calling for us to do. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your love for us and your desire to use us in your kingdom purposes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and have a great day.